Speed Cafe newscast. Your host, Mark Fogarty. Coming up, big bucks on NASCAR betting. Come back, Jack. Why, LeBrock is hot again. Team 18, not just making up the numbers. All this and more straight ahead on Speed Cafe newscast, the place of pace for motorsport news. Hi there, race fans. There's big money to be made in NASCAR and not just on the track. NASCAR Cup Series races carry prize money purses of millions of dollars. The Chicago Street race that Shane Van Gisbergen won had a total payout of more than US $7 million, of which his Trekhouse racing team share was huge. SVG earned at least a few hundred thousand dollars for his share of the winnings. The NASCAR Cup Series prize money payouts include bonuses for leading laps and other contingencies. Speed Cafe Newscast has learned that several supercars personalities also won big by betting on him to win. A leading supercars driver put $1,500 on SVG at odds of 37 to 1, paying 57000 for the win. Others also got big payouts on their bets. Now, SVG should be at much shorter odds for this weekend's Indianapolis road course race, now that the odds makers know his form. Radikas Decky is likely to be at longer odds because he's a complete Cup Series unknown. But as outsiders, Van Gisbergen and Gostecki will still be worth a flutter. As we speak, the betting market for the Verizon 200 at Indy is still to be set, waiting on the result of the postponed Michigan Super Speedway race due to be completed early Tuesday morning Australian time. Prize money for the Indy road race course hasn't been published but it will be at least a few million dollars US. So, with driver shares and bonuses, SVG and Brody could earn six figures if they win or finish high up. If Aussie betters got in early, they could also be in for another windfall. Prize money in the NASCAR Cup Series is serious, amounting to millions of dollars at each event. We're hearing that Van Gisbergen's win in Chicago was worth $5 million US with bonuses to Trackhouse Racing. And the word is that SVG's deal earned him 7.5% of the winnings worth $375,000 US. Now, even if that is an exaggeration, there are riches to be made by supercar stars in NASCAR. There's no prize money as such in supercars, just team bonuses for wins on top of base salaries. While you could still win big money by betting on Van Gisbergen and Kostecki at Indy, you won't get much value on them here. Across the main Australian sports betting markets, SVG is at $2.10 to retain his supercars title. That's close to even money, which is bet a dollar, and win a dollar and a bit. You'd have to gamble very big to make that a win for. 
championship leader Brody Kostecki is at slightly longer odds at $2.75. Better, but probably not worth a plunge. You'll get $4.50 on Will Brown to win the championship, which could be worth a gamble. Now, we're not advocating betting, just pointing out that informed wagering could reap financial benefits. Many in the supercars paddock took a punt on Van Gisbergen at Chicago, and it paid off. Getting the same returns on him or Gostecki at Indy is less likely, but both are likely to be leading contenders on the Indy road course in front-running cars. If nothing else, Gen 3 has given small teams a chance. Breakthrough race wins for Mark Winterbottom and Jack LeBrock in Darwin were feel-good stories. They were both earned, not given, showing that Gen 3 has levelled the field among Camaro teams. Toppling powerhouse of Triple Eight and Erebus is no mean feat. Matt Stone Racing's success at Darwin finally confirmed LeBrock's potential as a front runner. He's been in and around the top five all season in his truck assist racing Camaro, ending years of, well, to put it bluntly, very ordinary results. LeBrock was a Super 2 star who struggled in the main game until this year. Now he's a contender, so what's different? Good question. I'd love to I'd love to know the answer to that one. It's um oh, I think for me it's obviously time in the car. Um we had a pretty pretty rough time when we first came into supercars. Um probably not the confidence for six a little bit. Um it's probably what I put it down to and then probably didn't didn't maximise my time. Probably Tickford there. Um came off the, the back of those rough couple of years I suppose and but Tickford were great, uh, especially working with Sam Scaff. Um that's probably where the turning point for me um, I found in twenty twenty one. Um, learned a lot from him um, that back half of that season with, with Tickford um, was definitely a step forward for me and, and to be honest now working with, with Jacko here and just been, been building on that and um, yeah it's just slowly coming together um, last year was always a building year for us in the old older car and we knew we were, we were building for the Gen 3 era so yeah it's all starting to come together now I'm still building and learning i uh, still got a lot to learn every day's a school day but um, yeah definitely starting to find, find my feet and, and find some good confidence in the car and, and the team around me through those difficult years, how did you keep your confidence? To be honest, probably didn't. Um, definitely struggled, yeah. Especially that uh, that final year, 2019. Um, that was a very rough year. Um, but anyway, like we, we pressed on, had a lot of good people around me um, who, who believed in me still, um, who wanted to, to help me push forward and, and succeed. So that was the, the big thing. Um, just kept on trucking along. We went potentially deep down, I knew, knew I could um, yeah, push forward and, and, and get up back to the point again where I thought we, we should be running. Um, and yeah, with the guys here at Matstone Racing, they've um, helped me, I suppose, um, find that bit more potential and, and we're moving forward. And I think we've still got a, a long way to go. Um, and I think we've got um, some more potential there where we can keep moving forward. Having won a race with MSR, LeBrock is convinced there's more to come from him and the team. 100%, yep, yeah, for sure. Like, I think um, qualifying, we're obviously quite strong over that one lap. I'm um, just trying to find a bit more consistency in myself um, and also a team around us. We're a very young team, and I suppose for the guys here at MSR, it's probably a, it is, it's a new thing for, for running consistently at the front like we are. So just, um, yeah, competing against those powerhouse teams of Triple Eight, Erebus now, DJ, stuff like that. It's um, it's pretty impressive, the guys here at um, MSR and in their, I think it's their sixth season in the main game about to do what they're doing. So, uh 
we're learning. Um, we're getting through it, and I think as the year progresses more and more, I think we're um, we'll keep moving forward. And yeah, I think there's a, a lot more to come from us. How important was that win in Darwin? I mean, you dominated that race. You know, there was no fortune involved, no you know unusual circumstances. So. What did that do for your confidence and, and how is that making you better equipped to win races? Yeah, it was massive for me. Like it's sort of something I knew like qualifying speed has was, was been, been good. Um, the race pace, I doubted myself at times whether I could uh, get the job done and, and lead start to finish like we did. And uh, I suppose it was good. We, we had a really good start, got off the line and um, and got through that race really well. We had had a great strategy, we had a great tyre dig. It um, just, just fell into place. and. So it's for me, it's a great confidence boost, but it's also for the for the boys and girls here at MSR, like for for those guys to see that we can we can get the job done and we can win races is a massive testament to them and all the hard work they're putting because this Gen Gen Three era hasn't been been easy on anyone, um, and the guys putting been putting in massive hours, especially over the off seasons. So um, yeah, it's a credit to those guys, but uh, yeah, it's good proves that we can do the job and we know we just got to I suppose find that consistency to be able to do it more often. Unlike a lot of supercars drivers. But Brock likes the different demands of the Gen 3 car. Yeah, look, I like these cars. They they move around a lot. They um they don't do as much right, I suppose, as what the old cars do. Nah, did. Um, but at the same time, those cars were nine, ten years into the development cycle. The, the teams were allowed to to do whatever they liked, and I suppose that was part of what Gen 3 was to take a lot of that away and try and improve costs. And yeah, I suppose there's been a lot of um, negativity around it all, but um, I think it's one of those things. The new cars always going to be difficult to to get up and going. There's always going to be niggling issues, so I think it's part of the process at the moment. But to be honest, I think it's uh, it's producing better racing than what we had. So I think um, it's great to see all the different teams mixing it up, and it gives small teams like MSR a chance to to show what we've got. And um, I think it's uh, yeah, it's been a great thing. And also good for you, it seems, has been the move to MSR, even though it's a a new team. It's still learning, but well, it seems like it's a good nurturing environment, especially for you. Yeah, for sure. Like it's um, it's a massive uh, mental game. Um, supercars making sure you're in the right spots and to get the job done. And to be honest, it's a big, big family atmosphere and vibe here. Everyone gets along really well, and I think that's probably a big part of of why I'm, I feel like I'm probably going better. I'm more relaxed, um, calm, and just just enjoying it again. I think it's probably the biggest thing. Found the found my my love for the sport again, and and want to go racing. So, yeah, I'm enjoying it here, having a great time, and. Um, yeah, fingers crossed we can uh, just keep moving forward. JLB is also enjoying mixing it with the big guns at the front of the field. Yeah, for sure. I think it's one of those things as well. Like, yeah, I suppose I'm stepping into uncharted territory. We haven't been there um, very often um, over the years. I think being able to do it more consistently, I suppose, yeah, probably get a little bit more respect from those guys as well when you're racing them. And um, it's good to be able to do that. And I feel like... We're having some some good battles up the pointy end now, so uh, no, it's great. It's awesome, awesome feeling for myself, and great for the team to be to be able to punch up with the the heavyweights of uh, supercars uh, land. But um, yeah, we'll keep pressing on. I know we've we've got a lot more to come as a team. The Rock is out of contract at the end of this season, but is set to renew with MSR unless a big team comes calling. More after this. Race Fuels is Australia's leading supplier of racing fuels. And with the new Bowsers at Queensland Raceway, it's never been easier to source your racing fuel trackside. Elf 
Race 102 is imported racing fuel direct from Europe. Offering power and protection, the Elf Race 102 is a popular fuel with racers seeking gains over pump fuel. Improve your lap times with Elf Race 102. www.racefuels.com.au All your fuel at the racetrack. You're listening to the Speed Cafe Newscast. Welcome back. The other small team making inroads in supercars is Team 18. It's a passion project for team owner Charlie Schwerkoff, who was a partner of Dick Johnson when DJR won the driver's title with James Courtney in 2010. Now, of course, they fell out spectacularly, and Schwerkoff has been out on his own ever since. Russ's Darwin wind was the culmination of an expensive rebuild program ahead of Gen 3, which Schwerkoff says is aimed at making Team 18 even stronger next year. As you know, you've got to keep building with your people, and we're building um, all our stock of people in the team. And uh, it's getting, you know, since Bruin and Dennis have come on board, it's slowly building and building and building. And... Uh, so look at, at the end of the year we'll look at uh, at all our people what we're doing and etc it's a really solid team though there's a lot of quality young men and girls and boys in the team that are really good and uh it's about building and uh our, we've got our weaknesses you know our qualifying's not quite there yet we're still a little bit up and down you know Darwin was great because we qualified up the front but you know we seem to qualify up and down, up and down the hall, and we've got to fix that and get that sorted. And uh, um, you know, to win races, you, you've got to be so consistent these days. And we're not there yet, and uh, we've just got to keep working at all these things. The changes you've made to get where you are now seems to strongly suggest or show that getting the right people is crucial. Absolutely, it's the same in any business you do. In my own Waverley Forklifts, it's all about the, the best people and investing these people and building and building these people. Our staff turnover uh, is very minimal, very minimal indeed. The culture's got to be right. You've got to breed that culture. And, it, and I, I know I've got a good culture in, in Pit Lane. It's good and uh, they've got to fit. We've all got to work as a team and uh, it's got to be one of those teams. And uh, uh, so that's what I'm trying to build. And Gen 3 has put you in the game, hasn't it? Yeah, it has, for sure. One of the, uh, one of the, uh, you know, we, we bought second-hand cars from Eight. They were very, very good cars and uh, race winners, etc. Um, but now, this is the first time in my life since 2013 that I've had a brand new car. And I've been have to, you know, we've built them ourselves and these are brand new cars. So it's even the field that made it uh, um, uh, more fair. I think it's, it's uh, created lots of different challenges, but we've got a brand new car. So that's the first thing. And we've got the same opportunities as everyone else, I think. Uh, so I think that's a good thing. Over a decade, backed by his successful Waverley forklift business, Charlie Schwerkholt has poured untold millions into his supercar team. Now, you could argue his first race win was extremely costly, but he counters that it's all been worth it. Yeah, sure, you invest in something. I don't, I don't 
count anything how much it's cost to win or anything like that. You build, I've got some amazing sponsors. I reckon I've got some of the best sponsors in pit lane and I build with those sponsors and they've come along for the journey. But I, I you know, what can I say? I don't know, no idea. But I, uh, I uh, just keep investing and investing in the team. There's no debt in the team, zero debt, zero leases, everything's owned. And I think that's, uh, that's a good thing. And um, so yeah. We're going okay. I don't look back. I've got to look forward to keep investing and and uh, what the next thing is to make a teammate in a very successful front-running team. Grox Holt has re-signed Winterbottom for next year and is adamant he is yet to decide on Scott Pye's future. Back after this short break. Speedcafe.com, your number one source for all the latest motorsport news and features. Breaking news, live event updates, unprecedented global motorsport coverage, performance motoring news and reviews, all in the palm of your hand, anywhere, anytime. Speedcafe.com, first, fast and free. You're listening to the Speed Cafe Newscast. You're listening to Speed Cafe Newscast. The Shannon Speed Series resumes at Queensland Raceway this weekend with a packed program. Here's Speed Cafe's National Racing Editor, Gary O'Brien, with the highlights of all the action. The fifth round of the Shannon Speed Series will see several of Motorsport Australia's categories at the Willowbank Circuit this weekend. Kind of like a double header, you might say. There will be six categories on the program, racing over three days with some evening and even some night action included. Premier Racing Supercars team's Tim Slade will join the super cheap auto TCR Australia field in the Ash Seawood Motorsports Lincoln Cove for round four, where he replaced regular pilot Tim Oliphant, who decided he'd wander off to England and get married. Oliphant won the reverse top 10 race at the last round, while Boney Sweeney in the Hyundai I-30N won two of the other races around and heads the points. The feisty Trans Am series continues with four races on the card, this time in their fourth season outing. At the last round, Lockie Dalton appeared to be in a different class when he won the three races and the round ahead of Cody Gillis and James Moffat, who is the current series leader. Just two weeks after their last round at Sydney Motorsport Park, the Fanatic GT World Challenge Australia will conduct its next round with the addition of a top 10 shootout for the AM drivers ahead of the second one-hour race. Similarly so, the Porsche Sprint Challenge uh, having their second race meeting in just a matter of a couple of weeks after an SMP outing, TechWorks Motorsports dominated the results at the West Sydney Circuit with Depaton Nash Morris winning the two races before his teammate Aaron Shields won the last and took the round on us. The combined monochrome GT and Mobile One Australia production cars will have the, over 30 cars on the grid for a pair of one-hour races plus the traditional Saturday night two-hour race, which most will remember as the fight in the night. On the entry, seven will be the growing GT4 category, which will have a couple of McCarrens on the grid for the first time. Finally, the Kumo V8 Touring Cars will be stronger at this round after a pretty poor turnout at Winton last time out. Jude Barguana leads the series ahead of Jim Polisina and Brad Tilly. 
Interestingly, folks, uh, if you are going out there, the super cheap auto house and Shannon's garage will be located at the end of the main pit lane where fans can experience pit activity firsthand. Those not attending can watch the whole business on Stan Sport on both days while Nine Gem will feature much of Saturday's activity. Full coverage at speedcafe.com and as Gary said, it'll all be live and ad-free on Stan Sport. Plus free to air on Nine Gem on Saturday. Gary O'Brien will be back on Friday co-hosting the Race Fuels Grassroots Racing Podcast. It was another big weekend in racing around the world with Aussie success in the IMSA Sports Car Series as well. Scott McLaughlin starred in the Nashville IndyCar Street Race as Jackie Sheaf reports in her roundup of the weekend's race. Over the weekend, IndyCar was held at Nashville Street Circuit where Scott McLaughlin scored his first pole position of the year. But despite his strong start, the Team Penske driver crossed the finish line second only 0.7 seconds behind Kyle Kirkwood, who took his second win of his IndyCar Series career. IndyCar will return next weekend at the Indianapolis Road Course. MotoGP returned with a bang at Silverstone, with rain making for some unpredictable racing. But it was Spain's Alish Espargaro who prevailed after a last lap attack on Francesco Bagnaia. Australia's Jack Miller finished ninth. MotoGP will next race at the Red Bull Ring in two weeks. In Michigan, the NASCAR Cup Series has been postponed until Monday afternoon due to rain. The race had already been delayed an hour and 43 minutes by the weather before drivers managed to complete 74 laps when the race was stopped. Tyler Reddick is the current leader. Racing will resume at 3am Australian Eastern Standard Time on Tuesday. In Finland, Elfin Evans has reignited the title fight for the World Rally Championship, adding the power stage win to his Rally Finland victory. The Toyota Gazoo Racing driver had a 32-second lead going into Sunday and walked away from the weekend with another 25 points. The World Rally Championships will next race in Greece from the 7th of September. Looking ahead to next week, Brody Kostecki will make his NASCAR Cup Series debut as Shane Van Gisbergen returns to the category at the Indianapolis Road Course. IndyCar will also race at the same course for the Gallagher Grand Prix. Bonneville Speed Week will continue all this week in Utah and back home. The Shannon Speed Series will race at Queensland Raceway featuring Super Cheap Auto TCR Australia, the National Trans Am Series, Fanatec GT World Challenge Australia, Kumo V8 Touring Car Series, Porsche Michelin Sprint Challenge, the Mobile One Australian Production Cars and Monochrome GT4 Australia. This is Jackie Shivey reporting for Speed Cafe. That's it for now. Back next week with the latest breaking news. In the meantime, for all the latest motorsport news as it happens, go to speedcafe.com. And for more discussion and analysis, join Damien Spy for the Speed Cafe podcast on Friday. Also on Friday, the latest episode of the Race Fuels Grassroots Racing podcast featuring multi-talented racer team owner Derry Wahoo. I'm Mark Fogarty. Thanks for listening. You've just listened to a Speed Cafe Pod Hub production. <laughs>